Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. Warm welcome to you. Great to see that you're still with us on the journey. And we've been looking at what it is to become a Christian, what, what God has done in order to help us, to, to give us the gift of eternal life, and what we need to do in response, in receiving that gift. And last week, we looked at turning and repenting, like this is the turning point in your life. And we turn from living life in our power and our, with just our resources, and we turn to the one who's got limitless resources and limitless power. And we put our life and our future, our destiny in his hands. And so we repent and we trust him, believe in him. Yeah, having faith in him. And then we confess that faith, make it public. We talk about living God's word, God's way. That's how you get the best out of life. And last week, a key scripture is in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And it says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, made right with God. And it is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved and the two go together. So there's a movement there of repenting and believing and confessing. Today, I want to look at going all in with Jesus, going all in with Jesus. And that's baptism, getting baptised in water going all in with Jesus our reading this week is from Romans chapter 6 we start at verse 1 and it says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning that grace may increase by no means we are those who have died to sin how can we live in it any longer or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. How positive is that? For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again, the death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. See, God's given us power here to change Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. 
Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness or an instrument of doing the right things. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law but under grace. You are not ruled now by, you shouldn't do this, you have to do that. You are now ruled by God's love. There's a relationship. Sin has been removed and it doesn't have, it, it doesn't have, its power on your life has been broken. So now you don't have to sin anymore. How brilliant that. Now to overcome sin can take a process, but the, the victory has already been won. It's a bit like in the Second World War when the Allies, Allied forces declared victory. There were still people dying in the war. Even as we were saying, no, victory has been won. What, what, what had happened is we had overcome the enemy, but, but there were pockets of resistance still there that needed mopping up. And it's the same with you and me. The war was won at the cross. The war against sin and Satan and sickness. The, the power of sin, Satan and sickness was broken at the cross. Off the human race. For, and it's for anybody. And if we'll just reach out and touch Jesus by faith, yeah. If we just reach out and just say, I want you, Jesus. What Jesus won at the cross happens in your life and it's broken off. The power is broken in your mind, your body, in your spirit. But you know, there's pockets of resistance. Even now in me, 30 odd years a Christian, even now there's pockets of, I don't want to do it God's way. I, 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 I want to do it my way. It's ridiculous. You know it's ridiculous. But that's the power of resistance that's in us. The sooner we, we, we turn from our own way of living and turn to God's way, the sooner we have victory and freedom. This is a beautiful message today. If you're a new Christian, you won't be aware of some of the confusion and controversies or amongst older Christians about baptism. But what does the scripture say? Galatians 4 Chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 30 says, but what does the scripture say? Because the early church always went first to the scriptures and then to the problems. Whatever problems happen in life, we don't go to the problems first. That's where you get what we call situational ethics. That's, what's the kindest thing to do? Well, we don't do that. We go to what the word says. Because the word sometimes is tough on our emotions. Uh, but it's right. It's a bit like a surgeon's knife. He's not kind. <laughs> it doesn't feel kind. But when it's cutting out cancer, it's the best thing. And so, you know, we've got to get a right view about God's word. We go to God's word first and we go to problems second. Find out what God's word says about the issue that you're facing. This is good. I hope you're taking notes this morning. The question is not, what does tradition say but what does the scripture say about baptism and there is no confusion or uncertainty about it if we rely on scripture alone it tells us how baptism was practiced in the early church and what it really means and I do more in-depth teaching about baptism on the baptism course and for you guys that want to get baptized and I'm sure after today many of you will want to then we'll take you through a course that you will know what you believe and I keep using the scriptures, so make notes of the scriptures. You know, the last four weeks, and including this week is five weeks, this is a course. 
And I want you to get the scriptures so that you're basing your faith on what the Bible says, not what I'm Dave saying. All right. I'm just, I'm, I'm not just a preacher because preachers are important. I'm the preacher, I'm the messenger. And I've studied for years to, for, for this. You don't have to study that long to start to get it. It's brilliant. And so I'm giving you the scriptures. So is baptism for babies or believers? Another word sometimes we use is christening. We take somebody for a, a baby for a christening and, and christening and baptisms, you know, we get intermingled and then it's like, where does all this lot come from? So baptism always followed repentance and faith in the New Testament. So having a baby baptised, as a baby repented and chosen to follow Jesus, <laughs> you can't do it for it. God has not got any grandchildren. He only has children. Yeah. And so I'm not putting anything down today, but I'm letting you know what the scriptures say, because we follow the scriptures, not human traditions. So Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Mark's gospel, it says, whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. And that word believe incorporates repentance, but it's like whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. So baptism comes after believing. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Apostle Peter says this, uh, repent and be baptised. There you have it. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism in water. Next week, we're going to be looking at baptism being drenched with the Holy Spirit. And that's amazing. You've got to get all the next week's talk. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Almost as beautiful as this week's. So baptism happened after believers decided to become disciples or in other words, to go all in. And maybe that's you today. You've been believing for a while and you've been weighing it all up and that's good. Nobody's rushing you. We disciple at your pace. And, but you know, I want to challenge you and push you a little bit. Come on, come on somebody. Because <laughs> your next step is to go all in and baptism is, is the way that you do that. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, the risen Jesus, he said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What a claim. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And so part of following Jesus and, and, and coming into the kingdom of heaven is to be baptised in water. Here's another question. Were the believers submerged or sprinkled with water? The Greek word baptised literally means to dip, immerse, submerge or sink. And New Testament believers were immersed or dumped right under the water. So they needed plenty of water. And John the Baptist had a favourite spot for baptizing. John, John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 23 says this, now John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim because there was plenty of water there. You see, if you only had to sprinkle, you don't need plenty of water, just get a jug. But you see, there's something about plenty of water. We're going to see that in a minute because baptism is a bath and a burial and you cannot bury somebody with just a sprinkling of soil. You need shovel loads of the stuff. And so 
It's important that people are baptised because of what it signifies. So John baptised Enon near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people were coming and being baptised, it says. So this practice of total immersion is confirmed by the description of Jesus's baptism. In Mark chapter one, it says, round about verse nine, it says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And it says this, Jesus came up out of the water and he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. We're going to look at that being baptized with the Holy Spirit next week. Even Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit right there as he was being baptized in water. Uh, but he, he came up out of the water. He wasn't sprinkled. He was immersed. Acts chapter 8, you've got Philip, Philip the evangelist, the preacher in the New Testament. He'd been given orders direct from the Holy Spirit to go and get alongside this chariot that was carrying a eunuch who was the Chancellor of the Exchequer for Ethiopia, a, a very important man. And he's reading Isaiah 53. What a, I mean, what a gift. He's reading the Bible, but he doesn't understand it. And, and God knows that. So he sends Philip to run alongside. Philip's legging it alongside of the chariot. And he says, do you know what you're reading? And he goes, no, no. He says, is the prophet talking about himself or somebody that's to come? And Philip says, let me explain it to you. So the, the Ethiopian eunuch says, get on board. So he's there on the chariot and he's explaining about Jesus's death and, re and burial and resurrection. It's awesome. Acts chapter eight. And then it says, and he gave orders to stop the chariot. This is the Ethiopian eunuch. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch didn't see him again and went on his way rejoicing. You see, God, let me stick with baptism. They went down into the water. They came up out of the water and the guy went away rejoicing. Why? Because it's new life. And some of you that have been a Christians a while, and especially you that have been Christians years like myself, what's your rejoicing like? Now, have we got back down to just settling and like, oh, good day today? It's like, do you not realise salvation happens every single day? God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit every single day. God, God's got a, a plan and a purpose. I'm sure you chirp that out like the birds in the trees. My question is, do you know God's plan for your life? You've been a Christian for years. Are you working on that plan for your life? Because it's just a plan unless you do something with it. Step out in faith and faith comes from the Holy Spirit. This is so positive. You know, all your past is gone. You've got lots to rejoice about. Come on, somebody. Is there only me that's happy about me? <laughs> me and Jesus know there's only one true believer on planet Earth. <laughs> me and Michelle pray for him every day. <laughs> so that this is the practice of the early church. People went all in with Jesus. They got baptised. And baptism was not a sprinkling. They went under the water and they came up out of the water and they didn't use religious buildings. They just got into streams. They got into pools. They just got there and got it done. Yeah. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Very interesting. Like Jesus is now getting more followers than John the Baptist. You know what John said when he heard about it? 
when people tried to stir it with them. Like, oh, they're all gone following Jesus. You know, you know what John said? I must decrease. He must increase. Wow, what a great attitude for church growth. What a great attitude. Not in competition. Not at all. We complement each other. We encourage each other. We cheer each other on. That's what we do. So anyway, Jesus was baptising more disciples than John. And then John corrects this thought. He says, although in fact it wasn't wasn't Jesus who baptised, but it was his disciples who baptised. And in Damascus, there was a, a disciple named Ananias and the Lord called to him in a vision. You see, the practice of baptism is, is there right there with Jesus and his disciples. With John the Baptist, Jesus got baptised, but it goes on into the New Testament. And when the Apostle Paul, who was a, a religious terrorist, and he murdered people and gave his consent for murdering Christians. And then Jesus appeared to him, the risen Christ. And he was blinded for a few days at the brightness of Jesus's visit to him. He was on the road to Damascus and a disciple named Ananias was, was there. He was just an ordinary bloke. The Bible just called him a disciple. He wasn't even a leader in the church. And God chose this guy. And, and it says, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. And that's a good word, isn't it? Straight Street. When you become a Christian, you actually, you move off from wherever you were born and you start to go on Straight Street. That's a message for somebody this morning. <laughs> Get rid of the crookedness in your life. Get onto Straight Street. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. God told this disciple called Ananias to go and pray for Saul so that he would receive his sight. When you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, God speaks to you a lot clearer. It's fantastic. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on the name of the Lord. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. God's not intimidated. Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentile nations and their kings, people of influence, and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. I bet he was terrified. Going to a terrorist, a religious bigot. But this religious bigot's become a Christian and he's like, I hope he has. I hope his Christianity is not skin deep. <laughs> Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, there's warmth there, isn't there? You're one of us. I'm one of you. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. Listen to this, he says, he got up and was baptized. You believe, you get baptized and you receive the Holy Spirit, yeah? Repent, turning, believe, be baptized and receive. He got up and was baptized. Acts chapter nine, verses 10 to 19. What happens when you and I get baptised? You surrender to Jesus as your Lord. And I've talked a lot about 
Jesus being your saviour, God being your saviour, Father and Son are just the same. <laughs> they're different, but the same. You know, in essence, they're the same. They're both saviours, but they are Lord. You surrender to Jesus as your Lord. Baptism is a, com is a command from Jesus to everyone who follows him. Even Jesus was baptised and he'd never sinned. Baptism's for sinners. But Jesus wasn't a sinner. He'd never sinned. But he had, it's part of his identification with us as a human race. He got baptised to show us the way. Jesus' baptism is surely an open rebuke to any Christian who says, I don't think you need to get baptised to be a Christian. And you think, you've got your theology messed up, messed up and muddled up. We need to be baptised. It's important that we're baptised and there's reasons for that. A believer's response to the gospel so far could be private or at least, you know, just, just kept with amongst friends, people that are favourable. But baptism is public and it's your step of faith and obedience in following Jesus. And although it appears to be a very simple act or even a religious ceremony, it isn't one of them, but it can look like that. Baptism is actually an act of utmost importance and significance for us who believe. In many countries where Christianity is not the dominant religion, people don't take it much notice when a person chooses to become a believer in Jesus and they say, I'm a Christian. They don't tend to worry about that. But when that person decides to get baptised, that's when all hell breaks loose. And in many countries, you cannot openly get baptised you'll be murdered. And I'm not being dramatic, it's just true. Every year, around quarter of a million people get murdered because of the faith in Jesus. And it's, it's not because they're going and being rude or, or obnoxious with the faith or whatever. No, these people come looking for, for them because there's something about baptism. And behind their actions, behind the actions of those who are murdering Christians, we believe that the, the evil forces of Satan are there because Satan hates baptism because it's your final break with his kingdom as you move into the kingdom of heaven. He hates it. That's why there's always a struggle goes on when people decide to get baptised in this country. There's always a struggle. And we help you through that struggle. It's a bit like a chrysalis, if you want to put it like that. You know, the caterpillar goes in and there's a struggle for it to come out. But when it comes out, it's changed. It's no longer a caterpillar. It's a beautiful butterfly. It's no longer bound to the earth. It's limitless in its future. Oh, I could be writing poetry in a moment. I hope your life is more like a butterfly than a caterpillar. I do. You know what's yucky? What's really yucky is if you opened up a chrysalis because all you would get is caterpillar soup. You've got to leave it in. You've got to let it mature till eventually it becomes that new creation. And for so many people, they say yes to Jesus, but then they'll leave before the Christ is formed in them. And, and so, you, you, you know, they, they remain what they were and it's like, there's more. Instead of sludgy, a sludgy human being, you can actually become a new creation in Christ a new creature in Christ. It's what we started the course with four weeks ago. This is what we started with, is that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I hope that's true for you today. 
So when you, when you, everyone understands that baptism means that you're going all in with Jesus, that you're serious about what you believe, and that's a threat to other people, sometimes a threat to family. We love family, but it's a threat to family, it's a threat to communities. Why? Because baptism is part of your initiation or your admission into membership. We are not baptised into a church denomination like Baptist, Pentecostal, Church of England, Roman Catholic, then with denominations, yeah. We're not baptised into a, a denomination or a network like, say, Hillsongs, you know, that we're, we're affiliated with and, and others that we're members of or something like whatever we are. <laughs> we go to the conference every year. Uh, you, you know, you know where there's, there's C3, there's, there's different ones, networks, but we're not baptised into a denomination or a network. We're baptised into Christ himself and therefore into his body, which is the church universal. And you become a member of the church universal. We're members of the body of Christ. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about uh, the church being Jesus's body. And Jesus is in heaven. Now he's controlling everything from heaven. And, you know, he sends us out on his mission. He gets you a job. He gets you a promotion. It's because he wants to get you into places that he knows what's going on in people's lives and he wants you to speak his word into their lives. That's why it's not just enough getting a promotion or just getting the job you've been praying for. You know, you're there for a reason. You know, money needs a mission. Wealth needs wisdom. And God will get you into positions where you'll be dealing with people that have got wealth. And, you know, it's your job to bring some wisdom in there. And, and to, to bring the gospel. It's the, it's the answer for mankind. It's the answer. We know that politics isn't. <laughs> we know that religion isn't. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way, as the old song says. We're baptised into Christ himself. In the reading, in Romans chapter 6, we read, Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? You see, we were baptised into Jesus. Not a denomination, not a network. Into Jesus himself. What is baptism? It's two things. It's a bath and it's a burial. Titus in the New Testament, he was a, a leader that, that, that Saul, who we've just mentioned, the uh, converted terrorist, later, later changed his name to Paul. He was mentoring Titus and Titus wrote, uh, Paul wrote this to Titus. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, that's beautiful, isn't it? God is for us. When the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth, baptism, and renewal by the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he poured, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus, our Saviour. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 6. Baptism is part of God's salvation package, if I can put it like that, for us. It saves us now by washing away our sins, cleansing and resensitizing our consciences. Isn't that beautiful? It's funny, you know, you become a Christian, all of a sudden you can't say things to people without it hurting you, nasty things. It begins to hurt you, your conscience that was dead before. You'd overruled it that many times and desensitized. Now it becomes sensitive 
And you're like, I can't treat people the way I used to treat people. I can't talk behind people's backs. I can't gossip like I used to. I can't swear like I used to. And it's not because somebody stood over me going, you sh do not do this. Do it's, it's, an ins it's the regulator inside. Your conscience has woken up to do its proper job. It says here in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash away your sins. Uh, calling on his name. And maybe that's a real command to somebody this morning. What are you waiting for? Get baptised for the washing away of your sins. 1 Peter 3.20 To those who were disobedient long ago when God patient, waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolises baptism that now saves you. Not not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into the heavens and is at God's right hand. Isn't this amazing? Your conscience gets resensitized, but baptism is part of your salvation. It's part of what God's got for you. It's a bath for the washing away of your sins, but it's a burial. In baptism, I am united with Jesus in his death. Burial. And resurrection. Think of the pool that you're going in, or the river as the grave, and your body as the corpse. What do you do with a corpse? You bury it. What do you do with the old life that, now that you're a believer? What do you do with the old life? You bury it. You bury it with its sinful ways, its shame, its regrets, its guilt, its failure. You bury it with Christ in baptism. And you leave it there and you come up out of the waters of baptism in the resurrection power of Jesus. Bury it, bury it in the act of baptism. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So bury it in baptism, that old life. That, that, that old life that was, in, that, that, that was ruled over invisibly but by an invisible dominating power, the power of sin, Satan and sickness. In baptism in water, they are broken off your life. Jesus rose again. He died, was buried and rose again. And that's reassuring because what goes under has got to come up. And when we go under the waters, we're leaving all our sin in there. And we're coming up out of the waters of baptism into a new life in Christ. Free, free, free at last. You know, you know slavery uh, to sin and Satan is broken. Now we can choose to live the right kind of life. We have a new power. We're going to talk a lot more about that next week. But the power of the resurrection is on the inside of us. It's fantastic. If I can give you a picture of baptism Baptism in, in relation, for the Christian in relation to Satan, is the same as, as leaving Egypt was for the Israelites in relation to Pharaoh. Whilst the Israelites were still in Egypt, Pharaoh, the evil king, dominated them and pressed them down and kept them down and bullied them and intim intimidated them. But through Moses, a type of Christ, he led them through the waters, water, baptism. He led them through the water, through the Red Sea. 
And when Pharaoh and his armies came into that Red Sea, God closed up. The same God who opened up a way where there isn't a way, he closed it. And all the Egyptians drowned in the sea and God's people were free. You are free. Now you're free to serve God. So don't offer the, the parts of your body as instruments for sin anymore. Offer the parts of your body as instruments for righteousness, for doing what's right. I've run out of time. Every week we invite people to give their life to Jesus Christ. You can say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I realise you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again. You came out of the grave and you give resurrection power. And I receive that new life today, that resurrection power. Fill me to overflowing with your presence. And I pray you'll get me ready for baptism. In Jesus' name, amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 